What is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Keystone Chronicles podcast. This week, we take you on a ride with the Central PA Outdoorsmen. So we got Remington and we got Jackson along for the ride with us this week. These are the Central PA Outdoorsmen. If you guys aren't aware who they are, please follow them on Instagram, Facebook, whatever type of hoopla you use. I'm sure they got a page for it. So please go check them out, guys. Uh, they're they're up and coming. They got a lot of really good content. They're really working hard to get some really good stuff to you guys. Really good colors in their videos and um, good documentation. They they're really really getting pretty well at it. So please go give them a follow. This week's episode, we talk with them guys about a little bit of hunting, a little bit of fishing, just kind of a BS session, getting to know them, and uh, just trying to promote their brand, you know. If you guys aren't aware who they are, like I said, please give them a follow, a like, check them out. If you guys got any questions for them, don't be afraid to get a hold of them. As for me in the outdoors, man, it's just back to it again. It's like deja vu. Each week, this time of the year, the fishing is phenomenal. I'm telling you guys, you live in Pennsylvania. If you're not out there doing it, I, you got to get your head out of the gutter. I, I don't know what else to tell you. And even if you're not fishing trout, you know, like I said, there's bass and crappy and everything else. Uh, you get off of work early, just get out there. You know, let's get let's get out there. Let's get kids out there. Let's get people that you might know that want to learn how to do it. You know, let's let's make that a goal this year. Let's get everybody out there and let's teach them the ways. So. I, I really appreciate you guys listening, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. What is up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Keystone Chronicles. Today, I got some special guests here, and I got two, two for one here. This is going to be real good. We got the Central PA Outdoorsmen. We got Remington and Jackson here, and uh, we're fired up. We're fired up after a little connection problem and and some internet playing around here. We're we think we're ready to rock. And uh, if we lose you in between or whatever, we'll just uh, start over from wherever we were at, and we'll get back to it. So, what's going on, guys? How are you? We're doing great. Uh, thanks for having us on. We're really excited and uh, can't wait to dive into it. Good, 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 man. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you guys on there. I've been following your page there. You guys do a great job at uh, keeping everything updated. And, uh, I, you know, filming's tough. And it doesn't matter who you are. If you think that you're just a Joe Blow that's going to go out there and make good content, sure, anybody can record anything. But when you're when you're putting out good stuff, it, it takes time, a lot of time. We definitely found that out the hard way. <laughs> it is a lot harder than just going out to the woods to hunt carrying camera gear and filming yeah man i i, I actually learned the, the same lesson and that's literally one of the only reasons that i don't <laughs> that i don't do as much recording because i guess i'm greedy with my time or you could say because <laughs> you know it's nice when you have uh, somebody to film with you and that's great and all but at the same time I mean, unless it's for kids, I don't really want to be the film guy. You know what I mean? No. I mean, it's fun. You know, don't get me wrong. But if I'm taking time off of work and stuff, you know, I don't have a lot of time. So I want to be the one pulling the trigger. I want to be the one setting the hook. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, well, man, let's get right into it. Enough enough about me playing around. Um, let's do introductions here. Remington, how did you, uh, you get introduced to the outdoors? And, and um, what's your favorite thing to do? Uh, so my family was always pretty big into the outdoors. My dad and my pap were always hunting. So just got introduced, uh, through them and it's always into like the going out with them and hunting. 
my favorite thing to do, I mean, it, it really changes with the season. Um, I definitely say fly fishing is a big one. Um, do that most of the year in between some of the big game seasons. So I'd probably say fishing in general. Um, so fishing in general, and then you said fly fishing, are, are you fishing fly, fly fishing for trout or are you fishing for, for bass? Uh, what, what are you into? Mostly trout. Um, I know I'm big into, I like going out to like the little mountain streams fishing mm-hmm. for natives. Yeah. Um, I'll go out and hike two miles into one of those streams over fishing for stocked rainbows any day. Right. So, um, Jackson actually introduced me into fly fishing two or three years now. Um, so it's just been, been from there. We went out to our first stream and I caught my first wild brown actually, not a native, uh, rookie, but from there it's just been, uh, I mean, if I get out to fly fish, that's, that's what I do. Yeah, no, I know. And it's like someone freaking shot you up with addictive drugs or something. The first time it happens, it's just like hunting, you know, you hook yeah. one on a fly rod and you go, Oh man, I'm done. <laughs> it- so much more fun than a spinning rod. Yeah, yeah. It's challenging and it's super rewarding, like you said. And not no knock against anybody that uses a bait caster or a spin rod. You could be one of them guys using a ten car rod or a freaking bamboo stick. You know. Yeah. To each is their own. You know. I mean, I know sometimes people get into it like, oh, well, that guy uses power bait or something. And don't get me wrong. Yeah, I think fishing with power bait is very, very simple. But you know, to each is their own. You know what I mean? So. No, I- um. Well then, uh, Jackson, what about you, man? Uh, how how'd you get introduced to the outdoors, and and what's your what do you think your biggest passion is? So um, I've I was first inter- introduced to the outdoors at a really young age. Um, my dad was introduced to his father in law by to the outdoors by his father in law. Previous he wasn't into it, but my dad and my father or and his father in law, so my pap, uh, they uh, really uh, took me under their arms like early into my life. I, I caught my first trout at the age of two um, and they taught me everything um, in the woods, just how to be an outdoorsman, like the basic skills, how to be quiet and do all that kind of stuff. Um, but my pap really taught me how to fly fish and uh, we spent a lot of, a lot of time out in the stream uh, in the summer days uh, doing the same old, same old thing. Uh, him teaching me how to cast and me getting frustrated but it uh, it was awesome and that's what the memories are uh, made for and uh now i love teaching them things that i've learned um so it's kind of reverse roles but it's it's all good stuff but i'd say uh my favorite my favorite thing to do in the outdoors is uh it used to be really like heavy into fishing but i think over the last like two years i really like fell in love with having passion with uh chasing birds with a shotgun i think uh waterfowl hunting turkey hunting to uh small game and wing shooting i think that's my favorite thing to do i've learned a tremendous amount of information about it in the last two years and uh i've really fell in love with it yeah that's super easy to get addicted to too and like i said we were talking earlier i don't have a lot of experience waterfowl hunting and i've actually never done it uh the proper way put it that way um you know, where you're, you're actually sitting in a blind and you're going to, you know, bring birds in and, and whatnot. But I have seen a videos and, uh, I don't know how you guys do it, but I know the guys up the road, they have a boat and they have a girl and I don't really know if it looks like hunting, but <laughs> <laughs> you, you can, you can do that. And that, and that's, that's the beauty in it sometimes. Right. But, right. uh, a lot of times 
for at least for me, the situation doesn't have the space right. and the time to to do that. We're m- normally just grinding it out with our coffee or hot chocolate from Sheets and yep. some beef jerky. And you got your calls and your decoys and your gun and you're freezing your butt off. Right, right. But yeah. uh, but you can do that, and we have a couple times if you have your blind out in the river. But uh, it's fun. I mean, it it's really rewarding, and I think. Honestly, you know, obviously shooting stuff out of the air is a hoot, but I, I mean, all birds taste so amazing. Yeah. And anyone who says they don't, they, they've either cooked it the wrong way or haven't even tried it. Well, and if you guys listen to the intro for the show there, I, I threw that in there. One of the plans, and, and I'll definitely get you guys involved if you're interested, is, is I want to do a game feed. So um, I think that's something that's really beneficial to a lot of people because I know you guys probably in the same boat. You'll talk to some people that don't hunt or fish, and you're like, "Oh, you know, I'm going to go home and eat this." And they're like, "Oh, I had that before. That doesn't taste good." You just look at them, Mike. No, no, you, you. I don't know who made it for you, but <laughs> you're you're wrong. We'll so. eat just about anything we catch or kill. I right. mean, just uh, the other night, him and another buddy went out to the river and caught some catfish, and we fried that up Sunday and ate it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, rabbits, deer, squirrel, ducks. Mm. Might I mind you is also my first flathead, and it happened to be thirty-five inches, <laughs> and we're estimating a weight of over 20, 20 to twenty-five pounds. So wow. that was that was a pretty good memory. Now, were you fishing for them? Were you fishing for catfish? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, we went out and spent the night, and um, we stayed till about like one thirty, and we we got into like a group of flatheads right between like uh, I'd say like like eight o'clock to like nine thirty. We had like six flathead bites. Wow. It was it was nuts. Yeah, I do know some guys that do the catfish, and and I, and I don't know a lot about that either. But I I know they really enjoy it, and they try to get me to go all the time. Yeah, but like I said, I got my feet into so many things. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. And I know you guys are probably in the same boat because you want to try a little bit of everything. But it's we we really do try a little bit yeah. of everything. Yeah, yeah, it's tough, man. As long as you can get people involved with you, it's a lot more fun. You know, doing stuff alone is, you know. If, if you have a hunting buddy or a fishing buddy that's your that's your road dog, your ride or die, don't ever let him go, man. Don't ever <laughs> let him go because dragging a deer out of the woods alone sucks. Yep. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. Even packing it out alone or 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 whatever, you know. So, all right, man. Well, let's uh, Jackson. Let's keep that subject going, man. Let's do a little bit of bird hunting. I don't like I said. I don't know a lot of guys that are into waterfowl hunting. A couple, uh, so. How do you guys set up? What's your game plan going into it? You wake up in the morning. You guys already know where you're going. Do you have the decoys ready to go from the night before? How do you guys go about where you're going to go? So I'd say uh, your first step into having a successful hunt and uh, you know planning is your scouting. And that just goes for all kind of hunting, honestly. Um, I've really learned the value of scouting in the last year and a half, I'd say. What we'll do is normally, normally I don't do much waterfowl. I try and get buddies, group of guys, and we we have fun with it. We try and you know it's not just going out and sitting in a in a blind all by yourself. You know right. there, there is some there could be some fun in that, and but we like to go out. But the value of also having a bunch of guys is we all split up and go to different spots because a, a lot of the hunting around here in our area is the Susquehanna River, um, just north of the uh, Harrisburg area. And um, we also have like farm ponds, fields. Right. Um, you cannot, you can do some creek hunts for some early season ducks, but 
most of our hunts are river, field, or farm pond. Um, and uh, it's competitive around here. Um, it's surprisingly, a lot of people uh, participate in it, and it's very competitive because we don't have a high amount of birds. So right. uh, our first our first biggest thing starts with scouting. If, if we can't find birds, um, we're, str- we're going to struggle. But uh, so we find birds, you know, our, our next step is we're getting up early, um, real early. We like to get up as early as we can, be the first guys out there, uh, get our decoy set, um, do all that kind of stuff. And uh, when we get out there, uh, depending on if we're hunting a field or a pond or a river, uh, that'll also depend on uh, how we can access it, depend on how early we get in. But uh, the fir- I think the first big thing when we get into a spot is you got to have a good hide, no matter where you're hunting. A good if you don't have a good hide, you're not going to kill birds. You got to you got to be hidden and you got to be out of the way. Now you can sit out in the open in some circumstances, depending on uh, how pressured the birds are. A uh, if they're used to people, like if you're hunting a pond where it's like right by a house and the farmer gave you permission, like. I've been on a hunt last year where we literally sat on a little bench and shot the ducks as they were flying in <laughs> because they were so used to the farmer and his family walking around. Right. Um, but then I've also been on hunts where the birds are hundreds of yards out and they spot us and, and spook or to see the decoys they don't and they don't like them and they're real finicky. But um, you got to play your wind right too. Wind is a huge, huge factor you don't set your decoys up in the wind right they're not going to want to do it they're going to spin in the sky for a while they're going to hang up um so you always want to put your decoy your kill zone your land like your your hole there's you, you always put a gap in your decoys no matter how you're having a little duck decoys goose decoys a little bit of both you always want to put that hole where the, you want the birds to funnel into you want to put that so the birds, where their flight line is, is they're going to fly and land into the wind. They always like to land into the wind. Okay. It gives them that resistance to come right down in easy. Hmm. Um, but I'd say playing your wind right, um, your hide, and getting in early are your two biggest things, or your three biggest things. Um, so uh, if, you, if you can do all those right, and then also finding your birds, uh, scouting, uh, you should be set for a nice flight. You don't I mean calling is valuable. Uh, there's plenty of times where we wouldn't kill birds without the calls. Right. There's also just as many, if not more, times where we wouldn't. We don't even need to touch the calls, or we don't even touch the calls. And that just comes with finding where the birds want to be and uh, what they like. But that's that's hunting. That's the name of the game. You, you got to trial and error until you figure out what works. Right, right. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, the scouting part, because, you I mean, you got to want it. You, some guys are able yeah. just to, you know, struggle their way into the woods one morning and, you know, kill some trophy of some sort where, you know, guys like us might put, you know, the beginning of January into the beginning of any season, oh, whatever, yeah. whatever have it be. And, uh. It, it's tough, man, but uh, you're definitely right. You know, you got to, you got to put your time in and there's, there, that's, that's the first step. So once you kill them, we were just talking about how good they are. Oh yeah. How, how do you cook them up? Um, so for ducks, there's, 
ducks and geese, uh, all waterfowl, there's thousands of different ways to prepare them where they're all tasty. Um, for goose, we normally like to roast them or make jerky out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when we roast them, we like to sit, let them soak in a Coke, a Coke bath before we put them in uh, the crock pot or, yeah. or, or how we're going to roast it or slow cook it, however. Um, but the, that Coke bath really takes out that, like, like that game, like people when they say gamey, gamey. I don't. I'm not a big guy who's like, oh, that tastes gamey. Right, I right. think I think that's natural. I think it tastes honestly, it tastes good. Right. It's what the the cool and uh, well, you got to remember we we were raised on that stuff too. Absolutely. You know? No. So and preparing it for someone else, you definitely have to look at that. Right. But for go- for doing any kind of a goose, I love soaking it in that Coke bath. Uh, slow cooking it or making a nice jerky out of it. But for ducks, uh, there's hundreds and hundreds of different ways. Um, we've sliced them thin and fried them. Mm-hmm. Um, we've let them slow cook in a crock pot. We've shredded them and made like like taco meat out of them. Like you can do so much with them and uh, put them in pasta. And, right. Um you can fry like I said, you can fry. You can do literally anything with duck, I think. And I, I think duck is one of the best tasting birds out there. Yeah, that's a bold statement. <laughs> I mean, it is, but they're so versatile. Right. I understand. Yeah, that's something that I'm not I, I I mean, I know I could probably feel my way out and prepare it myself. Mm-hmm. But I've never had anybody show me how to do it. You know, I can mm-hmm. do almost all the other birds except for duck and geese like you said that's not something i'm familiar with but that ought to be maybe an idea for you guys to do is is actually do it right on the camera and prepare one totally maybe maybe not even so much cooking but just skinning it down or plucking it or whatever you Mm -hmm. want to call it um but give me a good story man give me give me a good waterfowl story what do you what do you got well before i dive into a story i i do want to catch myself i did say that the duck was one of the best tasting anim- uh, birds. Uh-huh. I definitely take. I I don't mean it's the best. <laughs> okay. You, you want to know my? You know want to yes. know my opinion yeah, on do. the best tasting bird? Dove and pigeons. Okay. The filet mignon of the sky. That's right. Okay. Yep. I can, Doves and pigeons. <laughs> I can get down with that. You talk about wrapping them in bacon. Oh, jalapeno <laughs> poppers. Oh, grilling them. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yep. I've been down that path. Very good. Yep. Very good. Understand. Everyone, everyone I tell, everyone that I tell, I eat pigeons. They look at me like I'm some psycho idiot that has no clue what I'm talking about. That like drools out of my mouth. Like, <laughs> like I, if you don't like, if you've never tried pigeon, I highly recommend it. I yeah. think it's amazing. Sweet. Yeah, I, I I agree with you totally, and I've had it too, and definitely definitely something cool and. I actually knew an older guy, and he was crazy psycho, man. But And I know they're not allowed to shoot him, but he was telling me the story the one day, and he said, oh, yeah, you know all them Robins. I shoot them all, and I eat them. <laughs> he wasn't joking. I mean, he was not joking whatsoever. Um, but it's funny because he's like, wow, this is how I prepare them, and da-da-da-da-da. And I'm just looking at him like, man, you're crazy, mother. You know, <laughs> you're eating Robins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I know uh, they're very good, very good birds. Uh, oh yeah dove hunting is is tough too honestly unless you fun. yeah if you get if you, if you get into a spot where you guys are going to get into them 
Yeah, you're on a good path for sure. It's fun. Yeah. We did all right this year. Yeah, we did. We, we did, did solid. Right. We we definitely we could have hunted more and got on some better spots, but we kind of just settled. We we were so ready for deer season and doing right. so much work for deer. We didn't want to blow out all of our good deer spots that had, which were most of the spots that had good doves. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But we did. We had fun with it. We had some some fun hunts and going in and shooting shooting a lot of shells. Made, I made Ram a good shot this year. I got him. He did. Got him out there shooting a lot more, and he got himself a lot better. So that's what it takes. It takes a little bit yeah. of practice. He needs yeah. to get you shooting with both eyes open. That's what helped me. Yeah. Um. Well, we're on the subject of talking about these these good stories of hunting. I don't care if it's waterfowl. You can give me dove, waterfowl, bird. I don't whatever whatever you got bird hunting up your sleeve there. Let's let's honestly hear, think. Here's something I think, good. One of one of the best stories, like water. So I've only been waterfowl hunting. This will be my third year coming up. Uh-huh. So I'm 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 fresh into it. Uh, but I think probably my best story with uh, waterfowl hunting is uh, a group of buddies and I. We were uh, we had been looking at a group of geese on uh, the Juniata River. Actually, we've been looking at them for like a week straight. They've been in this spot. They fly into it every morning like clockwork. And um, we were real excited to get in and hunt them. We took two two trips with boats. Or we had one boat and we took two trips with guys. We had two A-frame blinds we set up on a little island. Mm-hmm. We were we were stoked. Well, we got up in the morning and it was pouring down rain. River was icy. Terrible conditions just to be warm in. But we were like, we have to go. I mean, these birds were there every day. So we get in and we're set up and we got everything going right. And, uh, you know, right before the birds were really starting to come into this spot, the river, like it started to warm up and all the ice started really floating down the river. Right. We had ice chunks wiping out our decoys left and right, <laughs> taking them hundred yards down the river. We, and when we, when we use goose decoys, we run long lines. Right. So it's a big, long uh, string with anchor on each end and then you have like six seven eight geese attached onto one well these ice chunks take all our decoys down the river so we're like all right well we need to go out here and get these decoys we're running out in the river pushing up over top of our waders and freezing cold water we send the boat out literally there's like two guys that are in the blind everybody else is doing something to fix these decoys we're standing out there in the middle of the river. The boat's driving around picking up decoys. All of a sudden, here come the three flock of geese all at once. <laughs> and they hadn't been coming all at once earlier. Here they come. There's like 60, 70 birds. And they're just coming in. And they want to do it. And we're all just standing out there. And we just we just sat there. And we had literally we couldn't do anything they were just standing out there fixing the decoys yelling going you gotta be kidding me and that's and honestly that's probably the most trusty thing you can bet on is you you be out there picking up your decoys is when the birds will start flying right right the most inopportune time they actually honestly if if we were sitting in our blinds we would have shot the Day, living daylights out of them. They want. They literally came in like seventy yards when we're all standing out there. They wanted to be in there so bad. Yeah. But yeah, there's so so many stories and 
so so little time i know man i know yeah i don't want to sit here and blab blabbing on but i'd say pretty much the summary of all my waterfowl stories have something to do with me not being ready and all the birds wanting to do it at one time that's probably the sum of all my stories that's a good way to sum it up man yeah good way to sum it up well remy let's kick it over to you man let's uh you want to talk about some deer hunting you want to talk about some fishing what do you got oh boy um let's see uh uh deer hunting i mean i will i won't i'll tell a story from uh one of our buddies here um we have like i'd say a group of four it's us two my sister and uh-huh. one of our buddies so he uh he's big deer hunter uh he takes off two weeks in the rut to hunt right and hunts every day every morning he'll get up go out every evening he'll hunt hunts all this year no luck whatsoever he he works uh, till I think like four thirty. This is back in the winter. It gets dark at like five thirty. He goes out to this property and sits down. Within five minutes, he sees these deer up in the mountain about two hundred yards. Uh-huh. Pulls his scope up and uh, shoots it. Doesn't realize how big it is. It starts running down the hill at him. He shoots it again and uh, shot the base bucket. What did it score? One forty-three or something. It was, uh, it was it was a hundred and hundred and forty or hundred hundred and thirty-eight. Oh, thirty-eight. Hundred hundred and thirty-eight and and two eights. Yeah. But I mean, he hunted. He was hunting for all all year. He hunted last week of rifle here. He's out for five minutes. Shoots the biggest buck of his life, and uh, I know you can tell the story better, but he wasn't filming then. He gets there to start filming. He was using a seven millimeter ultra mag, which is extremely loud. Right. And he just starts yelling, I can't hear. I can't hear anything. I shot this monster buck. Um, and I know one of the one of the best parts of the whole night and uh we we made a video about it when he got there, he started filming them. And uh just he him walking up to the deer and grabbing the antlers and he just yells it's a giant <laughs> and uh i know we we replayed that so many times uh in oh, our living room watching it and we have it saved on, on our, our phones phone, yeah. and we'll just play it back all the time and it's yeah. just such a great moment for for him and for us in general you know that's he, what, that's what's funny about hunting and it doesn't matter what you're into and, and fishing i would say is the same the same way too is you get your guys together and you get all the camaraderie out of it but when somebody's successful whether it be catching a big fish or somebody shoots a big buck or, you know, any type of harvest like that. Isn't it funny how it's like everybody gets that sense of, of fulfillment. And it's like, it's like it, that wasn't just his deer. You know what I'm saying? That was you guys deer, you know, everybody was involved, you know, a hundred percent, a hundred. I, we say it every time we go out, we don't care who gets it done. We don't care. Who sees the big buck? Who sees the big long beard? Who catches the big fish? We just love being all together in it, and mm-hmm. you know, it's it's we're one as a group, and that that's what really pulls us together and brings us together yeah. and uh, creates that friendship and that bond. Yeah, it's harder. It's very hard to find a tighter group of people than people that hunt or fish together because that's if there's a lot of will going on. I mean, you think we wake up at ungodly hours. You know, oh my God. you're lucky to get a nap in sometimes. Mm-hmm. We're in the woods 
But I, don't, I think a lot of people don't realize how how exhausting some stuff is. You know, oh, you sat in a tree stand all day. Oh, you gotta do it once. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Or uh-huh. or or you know, like you were in the blind hunting ducks all day. Well, you go do it once. Oh yeah, it takes it takes a lot out of you. Yeah, it's funny how we go back from war though. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like being a boxer or something. You think this dude's getting his ass beat on the daily, and he keeps going back for more. You know, hundred <laughs> percent. I I think the funniest or one of the the craziest parts about that story Ren just said is that Brett, our buddy Brett, he he hunted. I would I wouldn't put it past he hunted every single day of that archery season. Yeah. He's a bigger bow hunter than he is a rifle hunter, mm-hmm. hands down. But he's going to obviously do anything in, in his power to get a big deer. Absolutely. So we are going to rifle hunt if we don't get it done with the bow. Yeah. Um, and there's no nothing against people who rifle hunt or yeah. I, I don't know. We're not for that because because we all we don't we all do a little bit of both. Oh, um, absolutely. But um, but I'd say the best part about that is I think every day that he hunted which I think was almost every day of the season, he had a GoPro, one of our two cameras, some sort of device to film. He goes out for a 30, for a 15 to 30 minute sit, doesn't have a camera, and shoots the biggest fuck of his life. <laughs> and it's just one of those things where that's just how it, that's just how it works. It, we, we do believe there's a curse. Um, when we have our filming gear with us, you know, we won't catch the fish. We won't shoot the deer or anything like that. But as soon as it's off, as soon as, you know, we leave it in the truck, something, something will happen. We'll yeah. catch a ton of fish. Uh, you know, like he'll kill that, you know, he'll kill that buck. But it's just one of those things where, you know, you can't predict it. And you just got to go with it. That's, That's the why. truth, man. I know we, I know the, now I don't go into the woods without a camera. Oh, yeah. My phone, my GoPro, my my big camera. I don't go into the woods without. It. That's one of the things I never leave the house without now. Well, let's jump right into that subject about filming. So, how did you guys get started with the Central PA Outdoorsman page and and what is there a driving force behind it? And what I mean by that is there's somebody maybe you guys were watching before that kind of said, "Boy, you know, I'd really like to do something like that." You know, kind of like a role model and also you know what drives you to keep doing it because i know that there's a lot of work in it and it and oh yeah i don't i know and after that i want you to get into how long it usually takes you to edit a video okay all right uh i'll get it started here i guess um so really this whole thing only goes back about a year and a half um november of 2019 so we uh i was a, I was a sophomore in college yeah um, Jackson would have been a junior in high school. Um, now, him and I have always been really close. We're good family friends. Um, our moms are really close. So we've always been close to each other. So we know, you know, we are both into the outdoors. So uh, I just texted him the one one night from my college dorm. I'm like, hey, man, really want to get into doing maybe like an outdoor page. Do you want to do it with me? And he goes, you know what, dude, let's do it. So, you know, we came up with a, a name. We made up a, a logo that at that time, it was really bad. Right. It's a better one since then. Really started that way. And really at first, I think what our plan was, was to just, we didn't really plan on doing YouTube at first. It was just Instagram. And we were just going to like 
just have something that you know we could use to share our experiences with and it's still what we do right uh, and even just like i know we've started like sharing other people's kills and catches and stuff like that we've kind of since moved away from that and just kind of done our own stuff now um but filming filming the first filming is a whole different monster the first first story of filming um would come into that archery season last day of the last day of the archery season him and i are sitting in the tree stand together um in the morning and uh we were using an old camera his that you know his parents had laying around just to get started we both had a gopro so we were using those right um first morning there was a couple deer and we were filming them and it was a cold windy day and, and his camera doesn't last long in the cold so we go back out that evening and we're sitting there and uh we're hunting a field edge and a little bit of crp ground and we see these deer 300 yards out or so mm-hmm. i'm like listen they might they might come towards us you know got uh, maybe what 20 minutes of daylight left and they start working their way straight towards us, straight along the edge of the crp ground right up into here to come feed uh two minutes of daylight left legal daylight you can barely even see through the camera see through the scope and uh i had a doe tag and a buck tag this doe walked out 25 yards right as i'm about to shoot her click the camera died so (laughs) like like in two like two seconds (laughs) so i i released my arrow perfect shot she runs 40 yards nothing on nothing on film because the camera died so that was the first experience we ever had with filming and uh it was not a good one and that's kind of where it's like man this sucks because all that work and we missed the the critical five seconds there where everybody wants to see right Mm -hmm. now did you did you know that it it had shut off then right when it happened yeah yeah so the deer the deer were like on a rope they were coming in (laughs) and i'm sitting there filming them in this we're literally we're crunched up in a double ladder stand with Reb's got a crossbow and I'm freezing cold with huge layers on. I'm sitting here filming these deer like this and Reb's like, don't move, don't move. I'm like, I'm not. I'm sitting here filming these deer and I'm like, Reb's like, are you on them? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. And literally as soon as I say I'm good, I go, dude, the camera dies. And he goes, he goes, I don't care, don't move. I'm shooting this deer. But I mean, it, we've had, we can't even count on our fingers how many times we've literally had that and on I'd say that truthfully within the last month we've had guaranteed over 10 different things where we all oh, man I really want that on the film of course we didn't get that kind right. of thing on the film good story recently uh first first day of turkey season here we uh him and I went out together I pretty much roosted a bird the same spot last couple of nights and we knew where he's coming out in the morning we'd scout him in the morning and uh we're just sitting along the woods waiting for him to come out to the field and the uh the hens came off the roost and five yards behind us in the wood they're walking so we're mm-hmm. filming so we're doing punching on the leaves they come out to the field maybe 35 40 yards below us and uh the big tom comes following them and uh getting ready to shoot it and i go are you are you ready are you on it? <laughs> yeah i'm on it i go to shoot now i missed so kind of okay but uh, <laughs> So I missed him. He flew off. And we're standing there. And next thing you know, he goes, dude, I wasn't even filming. Uh. <laughs> what do you mean you weren't filming? He goes, he had put the camera on his lap to hold still and just film the sound of the turkeys behind us. And 
when he went to go record the turkeys in the field, he thought he wasn't recording. So he hit the record button again, shut which actually off. shut it off. So he's not recording anything. And uh, so that shot goes off. And I said, you're lucky I didn't kill that bird because that would have been my first turkey. I'm still after my first one here. And uh, I said, I wouldn't let you live that down. Mm-hmm. That would been my first bird. It was a beautiful bird. It really was. And, uh, and he wouldn't have gotten on camera. We wouldn't have had a video then. So. And I was – you know, sitting here now, we can obviously laugh about right. it. Right. But at the time, I was like, I was like, man, I was like, I can't even just talk right now because a we have Rem here who just missed, which missing turkeys happens. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. They are they are not easy, and um, but then I'm sitting over here going, feeling like even more of an idiot because I literally tell Rem, <laughs> you know, I'm on him. I was such in a wow the moment because literally Rem and I spent the whole. Week we spent before. that whole week before watching these these two toms, and we had one on one end of the property and the other on the other on the other side, and we set up for the bigger one, and we were ready to go. We did everything perfect, everything one hundred percent perfect, except when it came down to the time that it mattered the most, and that's just how it goes. I mean, filming is anybody you know can say like you said in earlier in the podcast can say you know i want to go out there and i want to film these hunts you know if you do it consistently mm-hmm. no one understands until unless if you're someone who does it right how how difficult it really is yeah. because you 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 dump away all your camera gear yeah. hunting on its own is a challenge hunting on it's not i mean hunting's not easy that's that's what makes it fun is the challenge and you never know what's going to happen and that's why we keep going back but you're dragging along a tripod, a, a GoPro arm, and you know your microphone on your camera, camera, and your drape to hang over top of your camera, plus your gun and your vest and yep. your backpack. Like it, it's a haul. Like no one, no one can appreciate it unless the people, uh, people that are actually out there doing it every day. You, you appreciate it when it comes all together, right? When you get all that footage and put it into a video. And then you get to, you know, make that 10, 15 minute video and you can rewatch it and share it with everybody. That's when you get to appreciate all the time and hard work it, it took to make that. Yeah. Most definitely, man. And yeah, like you were saying, people don't really realize the, the amount of extra weight that you're taking in. And as light as the modern day stuff is, it doesn't matter. You know, that's like non essential stuff that you're still taking in with you. So then you start packing your stuff down and then you start forgetting other stuff you know you want to save weight and next thing you know you forgot your knife you know what i mean well i think i think the biggest uh one of the 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 heaviest things that we own that we take into the woods for every hunt during deer season is a camera arm for our tree stands yeah those they weigh a lot they take up space and when when you start putting a camera and your camera arm and your deer hunting pack, it that becomes a haul. And I tell you, my my best story for that is um, I was actually really fortunate enough to harvest my first uh, deer with a bow this year. Uh, I was using a Hoyt compound, and uh, I had worked my rear end off scouting and getting my stands hung up early. We all three of us, um, I, three of us meaning Remington, myself, and then Brett. Um, we helped each other put numerous stands up and mm. trail camera placement and scouting pretty much every week, every week from 
the start of the summer till all the way to deer season. We were doing something for deer. Right. Um, and uh, when my whole hunt came together, I actually got in the woods and had a climber carrying a climbing stand with my bow, my backpack, my camera gear, everything. It, it's a haul. I get in, put the climber up in a tree. I get about like a quarter of the way up the tree about how I want to go, and my bottom falls out. And I'm sitting there hanging on, and I had to shimmy my way down the climber. And I was like, it was it was so hot outside. I'd hunted the night before, knew where the deer were coming out into the field, and there was actually a bigger buck, and that's the one I originally went to set up on when he came out of the field. Yeah. And uh, I was like, you know, my hunt's ruined. I'm done, you know. So I dropped my climbing stand, hiked over to a ladder stand where another buck had been coming out of the field that we saw on the night before. And this is in the middle of the October wall. My October wall this year was like the smack dead of rut. Like I had bucks going ballistic in the October wall, chasing those, hitting scrapes. Right. And um, I think it was October 23rd. I think was the 23rd or 24th, I uh, get in, mess up my climber, climb up on my stand, get busted by the same doe twice in the same sit. I'm literally on my phone texting Brett on, I can't believe my season's going like this. I'm so down. I, I suck at this. I've been bow hunting for like three years. I can't get one. All of a sudden, I peep my head up, and here stands that buck. I end up shooting at 40 yards with my compound bow, and I self-film the whole thing from start to finish. So that's freaking awesome, man. Yep, yeah. out of the out of the tree stand. So it it's funny how uh, it works like that. But when I think Rem hit the nail on the head, uh, right when he said when when everything comes together, you really appreciate it, and I and it it's it's really nice to see. Yeah, yeah. That's why we do it. I wish that I had that stuff on film. I have a couple cool spots. I have a coyote I shot with a bow we have on film. Um, one of my turkey kills. And then just we have some bird hunting, some rabbit hunting and stuff that we did uh, up in Maine. And actually, you know what? I think we have my brother's bear kill from Maine on film too. But, oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we actually uh, – our hunt was actually done. Uh, we were on the second to last day. It was Friday. And the guide called me, and he was like, hey, we're out running the dogs. We got one treed, and it's about 500 pounds. You want to come get it? <laughs> me and him looked at each other, and I said, boy, uh, 500 pounds, that's going to cost me a lot to mount. He said, let's <laughs> He said, "Let's flip a quarter. I said, okay. And he won, and I said, let's go. And we ended up taking my truck down in this bush, and he's like, oh, you got to come down through Taz. Just bring your truck down through. And I mean, my truck was newer at the time. <laughs> it wasn't new when we were done. No. And when he said the bush, I mean, it was the bush, you know, oh, yeah. we pulled in and I pulled into my truck and they were waiting for us. And he goes, Oh, you brought your truck down here. I said, well, you, you said to go this way. He's like, well, no, you made a right turn. You should have come down the other trail. It was a lot easier. Oh, <laughs> but, um, we went in and we shot this bear. That bear he shot was 15 and a half years old. Wow. Holy mm-hmm. cow. Yeah. Yeah. It weighed, uh, I think field dressed it weighed 390 pounds, and uh, they said it was on a down downward slide. So the bear's like it's kind of it's kind of odd looking because it's not like real wide and like broad. It's actually like real slender and long with a giant mm-hmm. head. <laughs> That's it was crazy. So old, yeah, yeah. It was really cool, man. They're like they That's had cool. the dogs had it treed, 
And like, I'm not, I'm not against that at all. Like I love hunting with dogs. I think that that's, that's a cool thing, you know, Mm -hmm. they're, I mean, that's just natural. That's nature's normal thing. You know, anybody who's against that doesn't realize that's the way that wolves hunt. That's the way coyotes hunt. You know, it's it's a normal thing. So, um, it was pretty cool, man. It was up in a tree and it was like chopping its jaws at us and all this other stuff. And he, he, he made the lethal shot and it was, it was awesome, man. The only thing it was that the guy had the lease that he had, he wasn't allowed to put any wheels on the ground. When I say wheels on the ground, like the guy wouldn't let us take like a wheeled cart in to get this bear out. We had to take it out on an army gurney and we were, listen to this. We were in six and a half miles, 399 pound bear. Oh, that's awful. It was, it was the worst. (laughs) It was the worst, best thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. yeah absolutely that's bear we 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 have bear in our area 100 percent, and mm-hmm. I, I don't i wouldn't even say we don't have a lot because right. we do i think i think we have a, a pretty good population but uh cool bear story is my dad's first bear he killed and it'd be the first and the only one he's ever killed actually was tagged in both ears and was uh a nuisance bear trapped in the city that was re- relocated up in uh it was killed in tioga county but it was released like three counties away and it had walked like through three counties and met up with another bear that was trapped as a nuisance bear and tagged so it was it was just unreal but i think bear are fascinating like we don't have like we we bear hunt pretty much every year we don't we've never been fortunate enough to have a close encounter um we normally just go up to our camps up north and yeah uh, do drives and stuff Mm -hmm. um bear are really fascinating like i don't think people appreciate them enough like they, man they can move like yeah. they they get around oh yeah they you get them moving through the timber where some old like some old uh hemlock trees and stuff and they just start knocking trees down and it sounds like a moose is coming through there yeah, yeah. they are they're, they're pretty really cool. had any close encounters i don't i had one oh yeah Ram two, had- two years ago um so bear are in the first week there in rifle season not the second week i'm hunting the last saturday of rifle and uh i'm sitting over this crp field and i hear some guys yelling like they're driving you know, the property over there's a standing cornfield yet and i couldn't really hear what they were yelling i'm just watching over that way you know maybe i'm thinking there's gonna be a deer coming out right and uh like you kind of said i just hear this thing running through the woods and it sounds like a freight train coming right towards me and uh I look over and here's there's this big black bear running and uh you know i had my bear tag but it wasn't the season so right i grab my phone and i start filming it running through the running through the woods and running through the cornfield behind me then and uh, i know it disappeared into the cornfield and i don't know where it got from there so i'm there you know it's pitch dark out i'm sitting there like oh <laughs> you know there's a 300 pound bear around somewhere so i i quickly ran back to the four-wheeler and drove away <laughs> Um, that's probably the only, that's the closest encounter I've ever had with one. The close, closest encounter I ever had was last archery season. I was sitting in a ground blind, like the first like week of the season. And, um, I had like two deer come running and stop like right behind my blind, like not where my open window was, but I like hear them stop right at the back edge of my blind and they were tearing through the woods. Yeah. And I, for like the whole month before the deer season and like right i think it was i think like the first i forget if it was the first week or if it was a little no it was in october it 
was in October. It was later October. It wasn't the first week. It was when archery bears in. Right. And um, I was uh, I had pictures of bear on camera at this spot, which is actually kind of rare. We'd never really had bear there too much before. But they were in there, and there was like two or three different bear that I was consistently getting on camera. And um, didn't actually physically see him or her. Um, but uh, the deer came running out there, and I heard some more like noise back behind me. I'd say it was within 100 yards. And uh, went back and checked my camera after I got out of the blind that night, and I had a bear walk right in front of my camera that night, and I was within 100 yards of it. So never laid eyes on it, but I was close. Yeah, they're they're very smart too, you know I mean? Oh, 100%. They're super people smart, too. Their their Mm -hmm. nose is wild, man. It's, you know, you you think if the thermals change or the wind direction change and that bear wasn't far from you, he probably knew you were there. Oh, guaranteed. Yep, guaranteed. And they're patient. The only reason those deer got so close to me was because they were scared out of their life running from a bear. (laughs) And then when they realized, oh, crap, there's a person sitting in that blind because we can smell them, Mm -hmm. you know, they're going to get out of here, too. Right, absolutely. Um, But... Yeah, man, the, the, uh, bear hunting out our way, there's it's pretty good, honestly. There's there's a good amount of bears. A lot of guys don't go up north no more and all that because the bear hunting's getting so much better around here. But it's the same deal, all the driving and stuff, and, you know, that comes with Pennsylvania, man. That's a big tradition, and mm-hmm. I think it's great as long as everybody's safe, you know. Absolutely. Agreed. Because driving can get dangerous. I've seen it get dangerous. I've been part of it when it's dangerous, and it's scary. So, a lot of our big drives around here actually have starting to been on the river, river islands, yeah. going after uh, island buck. And there's some big ones that go out there and they stay out there. But, man, I've heard the horror stories, especially after this year. There was one in particular that got real bad and people started shooting back towards the drive. And mm-hmm. It was dangerous, but I mean, I don't want to get into it too much, right. but uh, – I, I think the drives are really, like you said, a really big part of PA's hunting history. That's mm-hmm. like how PA was, like one of how our hunting was has been and has ever been. Right. Um, and I think that keeping that tradition is really good. Yeah. Um, and that's it's fun to get out there and a, a drive with a bunch of guys. Right. But right. Well, you got to you, you always have that safety is always an issue when you're hunting and fishing. I mean, definitely. even fishing, there's, you know, being in the outdoors, Mother Nature's Mother Nature, and mother nature is strong and powerful and you got to respect her and you got to respect everything about her. And if you don't, and then you throw guns into a picture, you know? Yeah. So it, there's always a safety yeah. issue. But that's, that's up to the people to be educated and make that the smart decisions. So. Right. Right. Now it comes down to guys having mentors and shit, you know, like if you see a guy having problems and anybody having troubles, there's no problem in reaching out to him. And if he doesn't want your help, well, you know, screw him then, you know, but yeah. if you see him doing something stupid, hey, you know, don't cross that creek there, go up here because when the water gets high, you know, you might get fooled right there or, mm-hmm. you know, hey, when you guys are driving, maybe you guys should try wind checking this spot instead of shooting at each other. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of different things that people don't know about or it can be taught. So I always tell people to reach out to people when you see them doing dumb things. So. Um, yeah, we're here. We're all here for each other. We're all trying to get accomplish the same goal, and right. it it definitely sucks when you see people that are arrogant about it. Um, you know, in in the hunting and fishing world of what we live in and stuff. But you know, at the end of the day, we're all trying to accomplish the same goal, and 
we should be there for each other. Well, let's move on to what are you guys' thoughts on the Sunday hunting in Pennsylvania? I'm for it. 100% for it. (laughs) And and it's actually funny you say that. Um, So... As I mentioned earlier, before we started the um, the call or the uh, podcast, is I'm actually a member. Uh, well, I'll be graduating member now that I won't be a senior anymore mm-hmm. at, at high school. But I'm actually a member of the Pennsylvania Governor's Youth Council for Hunting, Fishing, and Conservation. I spoke in front of the uh, the Game Commission uh, board, okay. um, advocating for Sunday hunting, and um, was stood there right by their side, pushing it from day one. Yeah, and. Um, uh, really helped initiate and advance that and also to help initiate and advance the dates that they picked. So yeah, that's awesome, a lot of time man. doing that. Uh, it's something I'm passionate about, passionate about. And um, I know there's, it's a big divide in the state, actually. It, you, it would actually surprise you to uh, hear about the amount of people that are actually against Sunday. Morning. And that would really surprise me. And I, I, I really generally would like to talk to people that are against it because in, in, at least in my area and the people I know, I mean, people look at each other like this is the dumbest thing they've ever heard of. And it, it really <laughs> sucks for me because I was raised in Pennsylvania and I live in Pennsylvania all my life and everything, but we've been hunting Ohio since I you know, was, was young and we could go out there Friday after school. My dad wouldn't even have to get me out of school early or nothing. And I could hunt Saturday and Sunday and come home Sunday night. And I just think... The revenue alone and in, in non-resident sales and, and, you know, they got to stay somewhere. Uh, they got to spend money locally at gun shops, whatnot, all that. I just, I don't get it. But, you know, like you said, I, I think it's coming, but maybe it's not. I don't know. We'll see. I can, I can tell you this for a fact that um, I'd say 90, 95% of the people, and I believe this in full confidence, that are against it are... Um, your older generation traditionalists mm-hmm. um, and or uh, farmers who don't want to have to go sit and watch their property or drive around their property to make sure nobody's trespassing on their land right. one extra day of that week when they can be relaxing. Um, and I know it sounds like a lazy excuse from their end, but you also, to to get things done, you have to see other people's side of the story yeah and it makes sense but um i'm 100 percent on board with what you said i think that it's time for um for uh pennsylvania to you know take that next step and it's i don't quite honestly think it's a drastic step right. either i think it's something that we should have already had completed uh, i think we're behind in a lot of the that game in a sense of modernizing a lot of our hunting but Again, there's value to having tradition. Right. And yeah. That's something that's just always been like that. So I don't I don't know. I my personal opinion is and I know I can speak for Ram, we're just we're for it. Yeah. Yeah. That's having good. Busy, yeah, I mean having busy schedules, that extra day is just so nice. Yeah. Yeah. That extra day of the weekend. Yeah, I think it's something that we'll see in the future. You know, like I said, I mean I'm thirty years old now. I wish I had it. When I was 12, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, 100%. So I just think of how much stuff could have changed because, I mean, we fish on Sunday anyway, so what's the big, you know, what's the big difference? But, mm-hmm. hey, whatever, you know, like, like that's my opinion, and you know, everybody's entitled to their own, and that's that's what makes the world great. So um, what do you guys think about how the uh, 
how the fish commission's been doing with with any trout stalking or any conservation of it or even maybe not even trout um any type of bass programs and stuff anything you guys dislike or really like that they're doing i think a lot in our area um we're seeing a more common trend now with covid it didn't help with the stocking because i know they changed their regulations this mm-hmm. year that you had uh, they wanted you to go online and register and they were only taking a specific amount of like public people who haven't been affiliated with the stocking every year okay um, but i think our our biggest uh like exclamation point when it comes to stocking is I mean, Ram and I, we could go without fishing for stock trout all year and be a hundred percent content because we love the brown, the wild browns and the natives. Oh yeah. Um, but you know, it's fun to take your family out and get out and fish for some stockies. And there's nothing wrong with fishing for stockies. Right. But I think our biggest thing is that every year we see less and less float stocking. It's hey, let's drive to the bridge, dump them off the bridge, and get out of here. Yeah. Now I know the Fish and Boat Commission has done a fantastic job of of trying to create funds for the trout stocking. And they've created an immense amount of um, programs for youth. And they have bumped up the number of fish that they put in the streams a lot. And the size has definitely increased. And I've seen that more recently in our areas. Um, So I do want to give Fish and Boat Commission props in that. I'd say the only thing that we wish we just saw more of, which – uh, I think a lot of people could get behind it's more float stocking. Yeah. Because um, the float stocking helps spread the fish out, but it's also tough to float stock a lot of our creeks in our area because of how much private land is surrounding them. And a lot of people nowadays, it it's, you know, their land and nobody right. else is allowed to breathe on it. So, for yeah. some good yeah right i agree I people agree. trash that you know oh, trash guaranteed stuff yep, like so i understand why they do it but then again you know it is it is tough when the only place you can fish is you know six or seven bridges along the entire creek and you know opening morning there's 15 cars at every bridge and you're shoulder <laughs> to shoulder so right. i don't know i mean he went out this year opening day i didn't get to i was working but you know it's it's just it is tough with that i think yeah, they do it in some of the creeks, like around Clark, us. Clark's Creek is um, Clark's Creek, the Wiccanisco, and the Rattling Creek all get float stocked. Yeah. Float stocked, um, but our our two local creeks that are centralized to us are Pals and Armstrong Creek. Mm-hmm. Um, I doubt you're familiar with them, but um, but what you're saying I, is, if I'm out your way and I want to catch stalkies, I'll just stop at a bridge. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, honestly, yeah. honestly, I, there's yeah. a hole at every bridge. Right. Yeah, every every bridge. Every, bridge. Every, every, bridge. every now and then you can walk up and down the stream a couple hundred yards and find a hole or two, but really it's just the bridge. <laughs> best advice: just if you want to go catch stockies, your best chance is just hit every single bridge on the along creek. Yeah. Right. Well, you know what? But, I think that what you said. You know, the other thing it sucks for the the fish commission is sometimes. I mean, how are they supposed to stalk a creek with one warden and a fish truck? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, with the COVID, they wouldn't let the people help stock and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this year is definitely an exception. Yeah, oh, but I think they still did a phenomenal job of stocking. I mean, we we saw uh, we saw a lot of fish on opening weekend. Mm-hmm. We saw double that on, and we had lots of fish left for when they dumped around the second time through. And we're still seeing stock fish in our stream, which I'd say last year at this time. Good luck finding them. Right. I mean, yeah. we haven't been focusing on fishing much with turkey hunting. Mm-hmm. Like I, we've 
the only fishing I've recently done was the last time I went catfishing and then I've just been diving into turkey hunting. But I know and guarantee that like we could go to all of our stock streams and catch a few trout. Right. We went out, you know, there's still a good amount of fish out there. And I mean, it is nice when you can, when you see that hard work from the fish and boat commission pays off and you have trout that you can go out and catch and yeah. we like to catch and release our trout. Yeah. Well, get them, most get of the again. time they're a pain in the ass to clean anyway. Usually I keep mm-hmm. about, you know, a couple of flays in the freezer for rainy day or whatever, but that's, yeah. That's about it. But like yeah. you said, I, I'm the same way. I like to chase the wild and I like to chase uh, any, you know, the class A streams, the wild and the natives. And I think it's yeah. a lot more fun, truthfully. And some streams, I don't, oh, even, yeah. I don't even think they should stalk, but you know, whatever. It's fine. No, that's a, that's a huge, that's a huge talking point for sure. Yeah. It's a whole nother topic. Yeah. We yeah. could, you could sit here and talk about uh, where they should and shouldn't stock. You can, we can talk about that for hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, we'll, well, I do have a guest lined up for that conversation, and he's, he's you know, he's on a couple boards with Pennsylvania. That's awesome. yeah. So, um, I don't want to, I don't, I want to be sensitive to you guys' time, and um, so what I want to do is I'm going to ask both you guys, and Rem, we'll start with you, what, uh, what's the plans for this year? You guys got some goals, things you guys want to try to accomplish this year? Oh man. Uh, we definitely do. Um, kind of like I touched a little bit, we're just so busy. Um, I know I was working full time in college full time. You know, he's finishing up his senior year working. Um, and it took us how long to, to get this organized here after a couple weeks of trying. (laughs) Right. And, uh, but I mean, definitely, uh, you know, next end this whole month of May here is probably going to be Turkey. I know we got I know I got two tags. I know you've two. Two tags. Brett's, Brett's got, got two. two tags. So if we want to, you know, we can chase them till the end of May. Yeah. Um, I know I, we'd all like to at least get one. I know I'd like to get my first one. Um, and then really from there, you know, we're gonna switch gears into probably a little bit of fishing, um, straight into deer scouting. You know, we've already got some cameras. In there yeah. Out. Um, I know one thing I'm excited for this year coming up here, uh, the end of June, we're going to do a rattlesnake hunt. Um, buddy of Brett's is big into it and he invited us out. So we're going to go along for that and hopefully, uh, get some good, get some good content. Yeah. That. Yeah. We all rent, we're all going to, we're all going to run down and grab our, uh, venom snake permits so we can all hopefully try and get one for ourselves. But, uh, I'm looking forward to that because I've, seen them plenty of times out and about but never have went out looking for them right um because most times you want to avoid them right but no we got lots of them real close to where i live at actually mm-hmm. i'll send you guys some pictures later you'll <laughs> we got some really nice ones around so. oh yeah, I, I bet think, i think uh brett said the guy's already been out scouting and found a couple of them already for us yeah. so he's lined up hopefully come up I'm June. Some guys put a lot of time into on that stuff. Yeah, he's a he's a big one. I don't know if you've ever watched uh, Leatherwood Outdoors on YouTube. No, I haven't. You should check him out. Okay. He they there there's I believe two there's two or three they're, channels. They're PA based. It's all yeah. PA. Well, they do some Ohio hunting and but it's PA located and uh, he has the coolest content like hunting and fishing wise like uh, hunting wise right in pa like he goes out rattlesnake hunts like f- traditional flintlock hunts and his his videos are cool so you definitely check him out but you know i'd say some of like we have obviously we have a lot of goals 
um, surrounding about new things we want to try in the hunting right. and fishing and things we want to try and accomplish about catching that big fish. But, you know, I think one of our next like big goals, like surrounding our YouTube channel, because we're really starting to put a lot of time, effort and money into our YouTube channel. We've only had the channel for a little over a year. We've about a year, a year and a half. Exactly. We have, I mean, you know, to all the numbers in YouTube, they, they mean something, but you you don't want to just base your, about what you're doing off of the popularity Mm -hmm. that you have. Right. But I, I think we've done a great job of, um, gaining like support early from a lot of people. We've, um, been engaging with, all of our social media platforms with a lot of people constantly. Uh, we don't let let people's comments go unmarked, and we we don't like to do that. We like to be um, right there with the people. Yeah, and I think it definitely pays off. But we're really looking forward to getting our channel to the next level, and I think we're slowly taking a bunch of steps towards that with editing, um, with camera gear. Um, Rem recently. Uh, not like super recent, but made a a, a rather uh, helpful purchase for our channel mm-hmm. um, with a drone and uh, a new camp, like a whole new camera setup. And um, I'm saving up some money for that now, right? Uh, for myself, so we can get two. But um, we're we're really working hard, and I I think it's paying off. I know uh, networking is a big thing. Like doing this with you, I mean, I was excited when you reached out to us to right. do this. Just because, I mean, like I said, the whole point of our page was to just share our experiences. So getting to, you know, talk about it with someone else and get it out there for everybody else to listen with. Um, but I know this this past couple months we've been, you know, we met up with another channel and we've been talking to a couple others trying to get some stuff together. So it's definitely one thing. And I mean, the whole thing, like we have our group, they have their group. Like right. we can come together and, you know, there's that common bond that, you know, we, we go out and do together. And it's just nice to... Now, hear your stories, hear other people's stories, share ours, and that's one thing I've definitely enjoyed about just the page in general is getting out and meeting a whole bunch of new people. And yep. that's what that's what the hunting community is, hunting and fishing community is all about too. Yep. And this is just another uh, open gate to lead into more of that communication and activity and uh, friendship. So. Yep. yep, absolutely. Yeah, the, the, the hunting community, the fishing community is great. It's full of great people, and it's full of uh, a lot of knowledgeable people and a lot of people that are seeking knowledge. So um, before we go and, and we sign off here, I want you guys to let everybody know where they can follow your journey, where they can find you at. So let them know what social media platforms and let them know about the YouTube channel. Yeah, so you can uh, find us on uh, YouTube uh, um, at Central PA Outdoorsman. We, it's all all one word with a capital C, P, and an O. Um, and then that's the same for Facebook, Instagram. Um, we have an email. If you'd like to reach out to us personally, you can send us a direct message. Um, but you can find all that information in our uh, Instagram bio and our Facebook. Um, but we're, we're always right there willing to talk to people. We like people reaching out. Um, we love the interaction on our videos. We try and get videos out at least at least once a week. Um, we've had streaks where we've gotten two or three out within uh, a week, or we've had a streak where it's a slow time of year. Right. We can't. The content's tough to come up with, and we've got like one out every two weeks, and it's been tough. But 
we really do work hard um, and we appreciate everyone who has been there watching our videos, um, commenting, helping our channel try and get to that next level. And uh, we're excited for where it's going to take us. Yeah. We have TikTok as well. Oh, we also okay. have a TikTok. All right. We're trying, we're trying to use that a lot more. It, it's tough, you know. Yeah running for social medias with everything going on and trying to make content for all of them. But we have posted on there, had a couple good videos go viral. So, all right. Yeah. We, yeah, we're not, we're not the biggest TikTokers. <laughs> we but, don't dance and do anything like no. that, but we do, we do post just like some, some short, short clips from our videos or funny clips we get filming out together. And, uh, just another way to get stuff out there for people. Yeah, it's a new age, man. You you gotta be on, you gotta be on all that stuff. It doesn't matter whether you even like it. You gotta yep. you gotta play with it. But the the ratio of users on TikTok compared to YouTube is unreal. I'm sure, like TikTok, like it it doesn't. It takes literally a snap of a finger to to get that popularity in that sense. Yeah, right. And to gain. You know, I'm not say support because a lot of stuff on TikTok is just short whelm like, or short mind. You know, mm -hmm. in one ear out the other, you see it and it's gone. You know, never remember it again. Right. But like, it's crazy. Like, literally, our second video we ever posted had like five hundred, like so eighty thousand, yeah, it's almost eighty thousand views. views. And we're like, yeah, could we use some of those views on our YouTube? You <laughs> <Right>. know, come <laughs> on. No, but, I feel you. I feel you. So. Who's your? I wanted to ask you, who's your favorite? Do you watch a lot of like hunting and fishing on YouTube? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I call it the deer TV. She's always like, turn that damn deer TV off. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, honestly, who's your favorite channel to follow along with? For for deer hunting content, man, I gotta say, I don't know if anybody can touch the hunting public right now. They they are. I, I don't. I agree. I agree. I, I Dude, have this, the stuff they're doing, and I'm not like I watch the Untamed too. I think they're awesome. Um, I watch. Uh, don't get me wrong. Midwest Whitetails is awesome. Like they do yeah. their their content, the colors, the contrast. Their filming is it's it's out of this world. Honestly, it's really good. And now that the hunting public has come a long way, and like they, oh my god, you know what they're doing, man. I'm telling you, it's just I. My dad's not really into watching like that stuff, but you know when they post new shit, he so he wants to watch the hunting public, you know, which is you know he's picky. <laughs> I think that they're the. I think they. Um, I know Rem. I'll actually let Rem touch on who he said here, but but because we both agree in this sense too, um, and I agree with you 100. percent I think that the hunting public is. I, I I really nobody else on YouTube is doing what they're doing. Right. Right. Not not one not one group on YouTube is doing what they're doing, and I think the hunting public has honestly been a blessing for the hunting industry on on filming and getting back. Because years ago, before we ever even thought about getting into it, like hunting and fishing got real popular on YouTube. Yeah. Yep. And then it kind of started to die down, and I think more recent with greater like technology advancements, and I think. Honestly, a more interest in it with the new generation. I think that I think it's starting to make a comeback. But Rem, I know Rem and I agree with on this. I'm gonna let him touch on the next channel here. Uh, we, yeah, I don't know if you ever watched Seek One. Oh yeah, yeah, the Roy. They're, yeah, to to me, they're they're up there with the hunting public, if yeah. not above them. Yeah. Now they don't post as much content, but the videos that they make are top notch. I mean, 
there's lots of videos and I, I'll even be honest, like some of our videos, like I'll skip, you know, if he makes one, I'll skip through some of the parts and, uh, but man, I'll watch their start to finish. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know it, what? And I, you can, incredible. you can, anybody who's listening can, can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that he has three of the top five deer shot in the state of Georgia. Oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, they're, they're 200 I think, plus deer. Yeah, yeah. 200. But yeah, no, and 100%. I, I have, nobody. I've heard people nobody. talk some shit on him like, you know, well, he's killing city deer and all that stuff. I actually lived in Pittsburgh for a while. And uh, we lived in, in, in the Wexford area, McCandless. And I hunted them deer. And you know what was hard? It wasn't killing the deer and shooting nice bucks it was the people the people yeah. and, are so and he tough. covers that in the videos yeah. he goes he goes you have to do everything 100% perfect because if that neighbor who hates hunting yeah. sees you good luck hunting anywhere near that yeah. because all those HOAs down there and all all of all of those people all will come together and say uh uh-uh, uh no more of this mm-hmm. i can tell you this right now he says it in a lot of his videos, um, like they not seek one. They talk about it every video. They knocking and on doors and asking permission. And we started doing a lot more of that in our area now this year. And I think they were a great influence to do that. But they do it like no one else does. Right. That it's it's honestly it's like a part it's a part time job for him to go around and to get on permission like to to do that. I. I can't even imagine the stuff that he has gone through that he's covered in just their videos that they've posted has been unreal about what the people will do down there. I mean, the man was literally sitting in a ground blind in the guy's backyard right. and the, the the landscaping crew came in and started mowing, the, mowing the, grass. the grass and he was watching the deer sit up on top of the hill and they mowed the grass for a few hours and he and he just sat there and watched the landscaping crew. Like, like you don't have to deal with that out in the middle of the public land, <laughs> no, like no. way deep out there. But like, I'm not saying one way is better than the other, but yeah. it's definitely not a gimme. There's no get. There's no, no. It wouldn't be hunting if there was. It, but no, no, no. I'm glad you bring him up because you know there is something that I really would like to see him do. And if he's listening, which I doubt it, but it could be. Um, I would really like him to see put hit like put out some type of video for permission because he's a master. They were making they are, a master class. They are making okay. a master class this summer yep. about how to gain permission, how to approach someone's house, how to talk to them. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the biggest takeaways that I've gotten from their videos is no hunting clothes. Yeah. You dress like you're going to church. Yep. Like a, a church on a casual day, and uh, you don't just walk up and start with, "Hey, can I hunt?" You right. know, you, you try and make friends with the person. Be be a be a respectful person, you know, because they overall, in the end, they're giving you the right to do something on their property. But yeah, I, they are actually making a master class. I'm glad you said that because they are 100 percent making a master class this summer on how to how to obtain permission like they do and right. how to do that. And I honestly, think it could be one. I, it'd be one for the. It could be a game changer. What, yeah. If everybody learns their secrets, everybody will be out doing it. Yeah, that's true, man. I mean, you, you think about it. You know, before YouTube, there isn't a lot of guys out there that you know that really knew what they were doing. And mm-hmm. and and I know the other aspect of things that I watch all the time because I'm you know I've been into it for the last 
probably seven years or so is, you know, I do, I do a hang and hunt, whether it be in the saddle or using my hang on almost every single hunt. And people are always coming up with these crazy new methods, man. And like, sometimes I'm like, man, why didn't I think of that? Oh yeah. You know, so it's a good tool. Technology has changed the hunting game. Like, crazy absolutely man but at the same time i'm super fascinated with like older gentlemen and older women that are like they don't need that stuff they don't use trail cameras you know they have Mm -hmm. this old school way of doing things and it's a dying thing you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. it's definitely something i'm after is like i i want to get some older gentlemen and some older women on the show but you know what their old way of thinking they don't like to tell people what they know (laughs) no no and honestly and i it it, it, it goes to prove that time and experience and just putting like you put your time in out in the woods and if you take everything you've learned and you can you know store that in your brain like animals animals are animals at the end of the day you're never going to be able to tell exactly what they're going to do 100 percent of the time but you can get a pretty darn good pattern on them yeah and definitely if, if you take that experience and i think that's one of the big things there because I know my pap, every time we'd go out, he'd be like, back in whatever, so-and-so year, this this, this was a spot. And then, like, that, here come the deer walking right by that same tree. He'd always be like, what did I tell you? Like, these are what the deer do here. And they've done it for years. And I'm like, that's just, it's cool. Like, right. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, it's fascinating sometimes. You get guys that know a certain area and stuff. It's it's like, man, how did he know that? But, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I thank you guys for coming on. I'm super glad that you did. Like you said, I, I'm you know I'm happy to help you guys get your name out there. Hopefully, you guys can get a little help. What I mean by that is maybe somebody monetize you. You know, maybe a local bow shop or somebody will will put their name on you. Just you know, if you guys put your name on their t-shirts and all that, that way you guys can get some better camera gear and stuff. Because boy, that stuff's expensive. You know. Oh yeah. Um, so any little Very. bit helps. Uh, what what I would do if I were you guys, just a heads up there is um maybe make a patron page, and that'd be something to look into. You know, you're not really it's not really begging for money if if people are enjoying your stuff and they're willing to give you heck two dollars, three dollars a month. I mean, every mm-hmm. little bit helps. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, thanks for coming on, guys. This this was an awesome conversation, and I'll be happy to have you back. Uh, like I said, we'll get you guys involved on trying to get this game feed together if you're interested. Yeah, for sure. hundred so. percent. And I really appreciate you re- reaching out and uh, we're, we'll be itching to get back on your show. Yeah. And I think it's a great thing you're doing and benefits both of us. And I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for it. And I think, I think we could have a good future with coming on the podcast. I know I'll definitely be uh, watching all the, or listen to the rest of all the other podcasts you got going on. So thank you so much. Honest, we barely scratch the surface with some of the stuff we do. Oh my uh, goodness. I don't, don't want to sit here and ramble. I know we've taken up a lot of time, but we could talk for hours on some of the stuff we do. And by no means we're not we're not experts by no right. means. But we do you know, like I said, this has only been a year and a half thing and really for a lot of the stuff we do, but we just we have fun with it and we do like I said a little bit of everything. We well, can talk about it. This show here isn't about Johnny Joe Blow that's killed 30, 140-inch deer, you know, or, you know, Bill Dance that has killed, you know, caught more bass than any American man living. But mm-hmm. this shows about ecstatic people that are PA residents, well, at least for the most part PA residents, 
and mm-hmm. they just love what they're doing. You know, that's just, if you're excited to talk about it, then I'm excited to talk about it with you. I don't care whether you know what you're doing or not. And maybe I can help you along the way. Maybe I can't, maybe you can help me, you know, you know what I mean? So. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. Thanks for coming on guys. Um, yep, thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you so much. It means yeah. a lot. Really appreciate definitely, it. Definitely. Like I said, we'll have you back. I'll check in with you guys right probably right around deer season. I'll be in contact you with, with you here and there too. But oh yeah, um, for sure. Absolutely. Feel, feel free to message us. Yeah, reach yeah. out anytime and uh maybe we can even set something up in the future, fishing trip or yeah, definitely, definitely. That's et cetera. That seems to be the common census. I'm gonna have to be going a lot of places after these interviews. So <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, man, um thanks for coming on, you guys. Good luck with the birds. Uh I'll be going out Saturday morning too. If I had any more vacation time, I would take it, but I got weddings coming up and I got all this, you know, all this other stuff coming up. So adult stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, good luck guys. Uh, birds aren't easy to kill. And, uh, Ram, I, I hope you can get your shirt tail back, man. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're trying. We're trying. All right. Well, good luck. Uh, if there's any questions you guys can throw my way about any birds, I might be able to help you, but. If not, I'll shoot him over to my buddy. I know he can help you. So appreciate it. Well, we really appreciate it, and thank you for your time. And uh, we're excited to be back. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. Yep, sounds good. Thank you so much. All right, yep. All right guys, that's a wrap in another episode in the books of the Keystone Chronicles podcast. I really hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode, and if you did, please do me a big solid like and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to. I appreciate you guys, and until next time, God bless.